Welcome to the ExtraordinaryChurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. provider. I believe he's my way maker. You've come too late to tell me otherwise. I know that I know. And I give him praise. I believe the word of the Lord is going to encourage somebody this afternoon at Extraordinary Church. We believe and we declare this by faith that we're the fastest growing church in Canada reaching the world for the glory of God. We also make another declaration uh, and I want you to get your Bibles up in the air. If you don't have your Bibles, open up your Bible app on your phone. Praise God. Get your Bible app on your phone. Open it up. Just don't lift your phone up. Praise God. That's right, Marcus. Praise God. Got that Bible app open. Thank you, Jesus. So, uh, yeah, get that open. Here we go. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be, and I can have what it says I can have. Praise God. I believe that in Jesus' name. Let me tell you what I'm saying. What God has for you is for you. Praise God. Let's go ahead and look at the book of Job. And uh, I have been, the Lord probably about two months ago has had me in Job, and I I need to reference my sermon catalog. I say that like I've got like a vast catalog, but after preaching for 25 years, um, I, I, I couldn't quickly recall whether or not I've actually preached from the book of Job. There wasn't a sermon at least that came to mind, but of course what you put into you comes out. And so as I've been reading uh, Job and paying attention to it, um, I want to preach to you today from the book of Job, the 23rd chapter, beginning at verse 8. I'm going to be reading out of the New King James today. Look, I go forward, but he is not there. And backward, I cannot perceive him. When he works on the left hand, I cannot behold him. When he turns to the right hand, I cannot see him. But he knows the way that I take. When he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. Praise God. Praise God. And I want to preach this thought to you this afternoon. God is working behind the scenes. 
behind the scenes, God is working. I believe that with all of my heart. Praise God. Would you help me pray as you lift those hands to heaven? Lord, take these next few moments and teach us and reveal to us that even when we don't perceive that you're up to something, we know with a confidence that you're working behind the scenes and that you're still God. There's nobody like you. I release the gift of faith in this place, God, and I pray for an anointing to rest upon not only me, but everyone under the sound of my voice, that when we hear your word, we'll respond and agree to it with it in faith. Breathe on us today as I preach your word. Have your way. Let lives be touched. Let breakthroughs be made manifest, God. Let miracles that have already happened be celebrated, and we celebrate those that are going to come in faith, and we'll give you the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Will somebody say amen? amen. Praise God. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. As I mentioned, I don't think that I've ever, uh, at least out of my recollection, preached out of the book of Job. And that might be because some people don't necessarily know how to handle the text of Job. It can be difficult and complex at times. And in the text of Job, if we're, if we're paying attention, we'll be honest and say that it does have its challenges, but it also can challenge all that we believe about our walk with God and how we live out our faith with the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me just pause and say, I can't imagine doing life without Jesus. I, 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 I didn't grow up in faith, but when I knew him, when I, when I met him, when I received his spirit, I was tripping like, yo, wait a second, Jesus is real. And so for me, I, I can't imagine life without him. It really does get sweeter each day. But if you read the book of Job and you understand uh, what's happening with Job, you, you have to ask yourself, at least, I, I, I probably asked myself out loud, God, are you going to see Job through all of this? What, what, what's happening and why is this happening to Job? And for some of you all that have been walking with the Lord and you've got some familiarity with Scripture, when I probably told you open up your Bibles to the book of Job, you probably immediately like, whew, Lord, we, we, is that what we're doing today? We're going to Job? <laughs> you know, <laughs> because it, you, you, you know what Job had to go through. I'm not sure we want to hear about Job. I'm not saying we don't like the brother, but when doors are opening and victories are piling up and blessings are being celebrated and every good and perfect thing is just coming from heaven and everything is great, you don't want to read the book of Job. When everything you touch turns to gold, you've got that Midas touch, you don't want to refer to Job. When, you know what? When we need to read Job is when all hell is breaking loose in our life. When Job, you know, when we need to read Job, when our prayers perhaps aren't being answered the way we thought they should be answered or we can't get a job and it seems like all hell is breaking loose and the world is falling apart at the seams, we need to be reminded that God is moving behind the scenes. And Job is somebody who could, you cannot question because the scripture tells us this right out of the gate that he was one of the most favored men on the planet. He was righteous, and the Bible said that one day Satan comes before God with the sons of God, and, and God says to Satan, where you been, bro? What's good? And he's like, well, you know, I've just been over there, and I've been over here. And he said, okay, have you considered my servant Job? 
We know that he had considered his servant Job because Satan could give the Lord the lowdown. Satan is not omnipotent and he's not omnipresent. So we know he had considered Job. And so he's like, well, you know what? Uh, literally, if you look at this in the Hebrew vernacular, it's like, have you been checking Job out? And the devil says, man, I, I, I've been running to and fro. And yeah, I've been, I've been checking Job out. What I've noticed about Job is you have a hedge of protection around Job. And so, uh, you know, that hedge of protection, it, it, it's pretty tight, God. But if you lift that, because that hedge of protection, you know, I can't get through that. If you lift that, if you ever take that down, I can assure you Job will curse you and die. See, the devil knew he could not get to Job. God had put a, a hedge of protection, a, a wall of favor around his life. Everything that Job touched was blessed. You need to understand and declare. We believe in declarations, but and I talked about it with Abraham, but the blessing of the Lord is on your life. Thank you. If you are a born-again believer, you need to know that the blessing of God is on your life. This is why Abraham didn't get all bent out of shape when he said, Lot, our people are fighting. You go ahead and pick whatever you want. You pick. I'm not losing any sleep. The reason why he wasn't losing any sleep is because Abraham knew the blessing was on his life. You need to know that you are a son and daughter. You are heirs of the seed of Abraham and that you are blessed. I declare that I'm blessed. I'm not cute. I'm blessed. I'm not educated. I'm not blessed. I, I mean, I'm, I'm blessed. I'm not well connected. I'm blessed. I'm telling you the reason why I'm here is because of the blessing of the Lord, his favor on my life. I believe you are a blessed people. And I give him praise. He spoils me like I'm an only child. You can get mad, but he is in the blessing business, and my life is blessed. My children are blessed. My wife is blessed. My marriage is blessed. My little dog is. I come by this honest. I come by this honest. I got an honest. This is my daddy's DNA. And because I'm blessed, I'm going to be a blessing. I don't know about you, but oftentimes I wake up in the morning, Sharda, and I realize I'm living a life I don't deserve to live. It's called the blessing of God. I don't know about anybody else. Has anybody else gotten up out of bed and thought to myself, God, how did this work out? I, I, how did I get here? I know how you got there. It's his blessing. Whew. I can testify it's his blessing. God has been good to me. Can somebody testify to that? The only explanation you have is the goodness of God. It's not your graduate degree. It's not your certification that you just completed. It's the goodness of God. Come on. It's, it's, it's not the fact that you're third generation walking in faith with God. It's the goodness of God. It's not the market. It's not the economy. It's not politics. It's not the benevolent Canadian government. It is the goodness of God. Job was blessed. He had seven sons and three daughters, 500 yoke of oxen, 7,000 sheep. And everywhere you look in his life, favor of God. Everywhere you look, favor. <laughs> everywhere you look, I declare this favor in my life. You look at my babies, blessed. 
You're going to look at my grandchildren, blessed. You're going to look at the things we're connected to, blessed. Praise God. But if you go back and you go to Job chapter 1, Bible tells us in verse 13, let's show them this. Now there was a day. Isn't it amazing? Everything can change in one day. You can be piling up the victories. You can be piling up the successes. You can be celebrating the accomplishments and all the favor. And in one day, something happens that makes you wonder, God, are we good? Because I'm, I'm kind of feeling like I'm enemy number one over here. Y'all not going to be real with me this afternoon. That's okay. Uh, some of us can't handle this because you know what? The reality of it is, and I ain't mad at you all that can't handle it. You're probably in a really good season right now, and I celebrate that. Life is good, and everything you touch is blessed and highly favored. But there are some people in this place that need to make sense of the season that they're in because no matter how much you repent, no matter how much you run, hoop, holler, shout, praise, roll in the floor, speak in tongues, prophesy, declare, quote scripture, you need to know you are going through hell and you are trying to figure out how in the world are you going to make sense of it all. You're wondering no matter how close I lean in and get to God, you need to understand there are going to come moments where you won't find out if you have the goods until you go through that trial. You will never find out what kind of faith you have until you are tested. Oh, God. Because a faith that has not been tested is a faith that cannot be trusted. <sighs> have you ever had your faith tested and wondered during the testing, do I have faith? You, you can't know that you have faith until something pushes you and tells you you don't have any faith. Because faith is actually responding to the voice that tells you God ain't going to be there for you. You know God ain't going to make a way. And you know this and you know that. And as long as all that is happening, there's something down on the inside that says, I refuse to believe the report of the world. I'm going to stand and declare God is true and let every man be a liar. I have faith. But when you're in a test... A test reveals what's on the inside of us. Woo. We don't often talk about this, but there's so many different types of, of baptisms in Scripture. And one of those baptisms is a baptism of suffering. It's in that baptism of suffering that you find out what you're really made of, EC fam. You know, it's that pressure. It's just kind of like, uh, you know what, this is a horrible analogy, but... Uh, it's just like, you know, a toothpaste. Your toothpaste comes in a container, and, and the toothpaste is not going to come out until you apply some pressure. Now, how many of you all would be honest and say, you know, I'm not saying you're a spendthrift, but you're going to get every ounce of toothpaste. Okay, I got some people that are like, yeah, y'all know. Some of y'all, y'all rolling around the toothbrush. I mean, you... You get focused. You, you're like this. 
You, you be in there for five minutes. You could have flossed, <laughs> flossed every which way. And you, <laughs> if you married, your, your spouse probably looking at you like, is it like that? But you know what you're doing? You understand when you gently applied pressure, you was like, well, I know there's a little more toothpaste in there than that. I probably can get through another week. <laughs> so you just, you, <laughs> you roll that thing up. And then, you know, I've been there. Because then it gets to the top and you got to like, you know. You like, it ain't coming out. And you, I'm going to squeeze that thing. And then showing up, you like, why? You applying pressure. Can I tell you, you'll find out what you're made of when life hits you with a few haymakers, and you'll see what kind of faith you have. You'll see what's on the inside. And can I tell you, don't be discouraged. Sometimes you'll wonder, you'll realize, oh my God, what is this selfishness? What is that? That's what's being revealed and what's on the inside. But let God reveal that so you can take it to the altar and deal with that thing and understand you've got something on the inside of you that will see you through the test and trial that life will throw your way. Because I want you to understand this afternoon, God is working behind the scenes. So you have this faith and you keep walking. And you don't really find out who you are until you're in a test. And in two chapters, the most favored man in the East finds himself with ten children buried. Cattle gone. Houses and buildings destroyed. The only thing that this man is left with a nagging wife. Y'all not going to help me preach today. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Of all the things you had to take, Lord, and the one thing you want to leave me with is a woman who wants to tell me, curse God and die. What are we doing, Jesus? Now, some think that's rather foolish. I know Job speaks to her. says, you're speaking foolishly. I tend to believe that she was just trying to be merciful <laughs> and get him out of the pain that he was in. Because not only did he lose houses and possessions, not only did he lose his stuff, but in the second chapter of Job, read it, Satan goes back to God, and Job has yet to sin against God. In spite of losing everything, Job somehow, through the tears, and musters up strength and faith to say, naked I came into this world, and naked I'm going to go up out of this world. Blessed be the name of the Lord. 
In other words, he did not sin. Are y'all hearing me? You know what? It was revealed. He was going through some things, but he refused to lay it against God's charge. He said, I'm going to keep my heart right. Oh, I'm helping somebody right now. He said, I'm going to keep my heart right when I go through the trial. I'm going to stay submitted to the Lord. I'm going to trust Him and realize that God has got me. There's no sense in me blaming God, telling Him He fell asleep on the job. No, I know God is righteous. I know God is worthy of my praise, and He's on the throne. And I came into this world naked. I'll leave this world naked. But blessed be the name of the Lord. I wish I had somebody who might be going through the trial of their life to say, I might be going through it, but I'll still give God glory. I'll still give God praise. I'll still bless his name. Come on and give him praise in this place. There's something about somebody who can praise him when you're going through it. There's something about somebody who can praise him through the hell, praise him through the cancer, praise him through the diagnosis, praise him through the job loss, praise. Praise is what I do in trials, in the bad times, in the good times, but I will bless the Lord. So Satan comes back to God, and God says, where you been, Satan? He knows. He's like, okay, you, you, you've been checking out Job. And here was what he says. He says, yeah, I took everything he has, but... You know, won't you let me touch him? Let me touch him. And then he will curse you and die. And God said, okay, you can touch him, but you can't kill him. Whew. I wish y'all could see the sovereignty of God. <laughs> that no matter what happens in your life, Satan has to operate within limits. <sighs> God. I wish somebody would get happy about that because don't you ever think for one moment in your life that God and the devil are somehow on the same level? This is not a battle that's going on between two powerful beings in the heavenlies. I want you to know the God that we serve has no rival. He has no equal. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, and there's nobody like him. There's nobody that's close to him. He is the undefeated victor who has defeated death, hell, and the grave. He is the one who created the heavens and this earth. He is the one who holds this earth in his hands and he's all powerful. He has no equal. So let me just tell you as concisely as I can. Satan is still God's devil. Satan is not going to be defeated. He is already defeated. Satan isn't going to lose this battle. He already lost this battle. How do I know he lost this battle? I've read the back of the book, and I know that we win. I'm telling you, when Jesus hung between heaven and earth, he didn't say, here's my down payment. He said, it is finished. It's over. I've taken care of hell, death, and the grave. I'm back, and I'm alive again. I'm telling you how he is the ultimate victor. Woo. I give him praise for that. So, what we see happening in Job chapter 2 is the filter of God. You got to understand this. Here, let me just, I'm going to bless somebody. 
I'm going to help you right-size what you're going through right now. Oh, my God. If you can understand, if it gets to you, it went through God first. <laughs> Y'all not ready for this kind of preaching today. I said, if it got to you, it went through God first. So ain't no sense in bemoaning and crying saying, why is this happening? You need to understand God is perfecting you. God is more, con oh Jesus, God is more concerned about your character and your nature and that you take on his likeness and his image and you understand that you are an ambassador of the kingdom and you will give him glory. Amen. Nothing ever happens in your life for one single solitary moment without God knowing about it. He knows the number of hairs on your head and is intimately connected to what's unfolding in your life. This is why Paul declared under the influence of the Spirit in Romans, all things work together for the good to those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So as you continue to read, Job, you know what? I have preached, Job. Yes. How can I forget this? This is like, I, I wrote this thing into the ground. Because Job, yeah, Job says, thou shalt declare a thing, and it shall be established. I preach this every which way he could think of. But it's true. If you go back, Job says, I, what I feared has come upon me. This is why you got to be careful what you say, fam. You got to be careful what comes out of your mouth. Oh, God. I've had people come up to me and say stuff, and I'm at the point right now, sometimes I'll nicely contradict y'all. Like, oh, no, that ain't the case. I that's like code for saying I don't receive that. I'm not going to come into agreement with that in the least bit. You can have your negative, nasty narrative all you want, but I declare the kingdom of God is here. I declare unprecedented growth and revival. I'm going to speak the word of God. I know there might be giants in the land, but what I want you to know is that land is my land because God gave it to me. And my question is not, why is the giant here on my property? And I don't have to handle the giant. God does. So I'm not worried about it. So I'm not, I don't need, I don't get down with the 10 spies talking about some we like grasshoppers in their sight and how we're going to overcome. The devil is a liar. I've come to declare I'm going to get what God has. I'm going to occupy till he comes. Jesus. He didn't tell us to survive till he comes. He said occupy till I come. In other words, we should be taking over. We have come to restore the kingdom and we're to operate in dominion. So I'm not interested in the God we serve is not some weak, feeble, anemic being. Oh, Jesus. So, Job ultimately says, teach me to keep my mouth shut. There's a lesson, right? That's a sermon for all y'all and myself. I need to look at myself. Oh, the trouble we would spare ourselves from if we would keep our mouth shut. <laughs> All right, help me, Lord. I forgot I preached about Job, and you brought it back to my remembrance. 
in the middle of his mess. Look at verse 8 in the text that I read to you. Look, going back to, watch this. This is going to bless you. Look at verse 23, chapter 23, verse 8. I want you to see this. As you continue to read, Job is hanging with three of his friends, and they're offering him their counsel. And Job said, look, I go forward, but he is not there. Have you ever tried to look into your future? And it looks a little cloudy, a little hazy, a little murky. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I don't know. Have you, have you ever tried to look into your tomorrow and get nervous because of what you couldn't see? Like all of a sudden, you, you thought you had clarity, but now you're like, how is this going to come together? I have this great deal of uncertainty, and, and, and you, 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 you can't necessarily look forward. You can't make sense of it. What I'm talking about is vision, fam. I need you to let me talk about this for a moment because the Bible says where there is no vision, the people perish. It's something because when Satan begins to try to test you in your life in such a way that the test causes you to look forward, and you can't see what you're trying to see. I don't know how I'm going to make it out of this. I, I don't know how my marriage is going to make it out of this. I don't know if I'm going to have a job the next day. But so, something wonderful happens when you wake up with purpose. Something wonderful happens when you know you have a reason to live. This is why you have to have vision. When you wake up and you find purpose and you find destiny and you start looking forward and you got a 30-day plan, a 60-day plan, a 90-day plan, a one-year plan, a three-year plan, a five-year plan, a 10-year plan, and you can see God is up to something in your life. But what do you do when you look at your future, Pastor Barry, and you cannot see him? And then Job said, and backwards. In other words, I look forward and I don't see what he's doing. He's not there. I look back. I don't understand. That's what he says, perceive. I, I don't understand. In other words, the stuff I've been through in my life, I, I've seen the faithfulness of God. I, I've seen God bless me in my life. But when I look back, Job said, I, I can't understand that season. Have you ever gone through something and thought you understood what you were going through only to go through something in the future that caused you to question what you thought about what you went through? In other words, what I'm saying is, have you ever had questions about your future when you look forward and then you look back and you got questions about, well, what was that all about? Sounds like a man who needs to be locked up or on medication. But in reality, he's just trying to get an understanding of God, what are you doing? He said, I look forward and I can't see my future. I look back and I can't understand what I've been through. And some of the stuff that I've been through I don't understand or that I thought that I would. Now I look back and I can't make sense of any of this. Will somebody be honest in this place today and say, you know what, Pastor Akil, you're preaching to me. I can't make sense of it all. And here's what Job says. I love this. Then he says, Look at his right hand. He says, when God turns to the right hand, I'm not able to see that. I can't see him. And I wish Job could understand and see God on his right hand. Because when God does something with his right hand, <laughs> watch, watch this. Look at the 63rd Psalm, verse 8. 
My soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. The 16th Psalm, verse 11, you show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. The 48th Psalm, verse 10, according to your name, O God, so is your praise to the ends of the earth. Your right hand is full of righteousness. The 60th Psalm, verse 5, that your beloved may be delivered, save with your right hand, and hear me. The 20th Psalm, verse 6, now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. I want you to know the right hand. You all know this. I'm not going to teach this. I don't have time. But it's a sign and it's symbolic of power and of strength and protection and deliverance. We've had those times in our life where it was abundantly clear God is saving and God is delivering and God is providing and God is a way maker and he is opening up doors and we can see the power of God being manifest in our lives. Job says, where is it? Then he said, when he works on the left hand, I cannot behold him. There are times in your life when God is moving on his right hand. There's times of favor. See, protection, deliverance. However, there's somebody in this place that is in the left-handed season. And you're wondering, I almost titled it that. You're wondering, God, what are you that's how I talk to the Lord. I don't know how y'all talk to him. But in other words, you're doing something, but I can't see it. God is working behind the scenes. I want to encourage you, fam. Throughout COVID, God has been working behind the scenes. Throughout your job loss, God has been working behind the scenes. Throughout what you think is a standstill or you're just kind of circling in a pattern or you're on a treadmill, can I tell you, God is working behind the scenes. Through your spouse abandoning you, God is working behind the scenes. When the Bible said that, when Job said God works on his left hand, but I cannot perceive it, it's because what they would do in that custom of that day is they would robe the king and, the, and, and the, the robe would drape over his left shoulder and the left hand would be underneath the robe. So, in other words, when he would go to work uh, using his left hand under the robe, no one could see what his hand was doing. God is doing some things in this earth right now that you cannot see, but it does not mean he is not moving. I'm going to preach myself happy, and that's okay. I want you to understand right now, you might not understand it or see it, but God is working in your family. God is working in your ministry. Oh, my God, I'll preach myself happy. God is going, there'll come a time when it won't be a secret, and it'll be let out of the bag. But right now, God is working behind the scenes. There is a time when it will be revealed, but trust God in the waiting. Trust God in the process. Trust that God has got you, and that's all you need to know. And he will not let you down. The question is this, does anybody believe he's working? when you can't see him? Does anybody believe he's working when you can't feel him? Does anybody believe he's working in your children even though they're coming home at all hours of the night and you're wondering, God, what are you doing? Does anybody wonder if he's working on your job when your boss is giving you a hard time? Does anybody wonder, is he working knowing I've been called to do this, but here's where I 
I'm telling you, he's working. Somebody say he's working. I don't know about you, but he's working in my life. There were times when I thought to myself, God, how is this going to come to pass? I don't know, but I'll trust you. I'll walk by faith and watch you do what only you can do. God's working. I'm going to close because it's, I know we had a children's dedication. Praise God. And it's like my second preach. I got excited. Come on, baby. Oh, you, you know what it's like today. You've been you're around two for you. Praise God. I'm sorry. I said, baby, come on, Nia. No, that's, that's from my dad. He's like, you always say every nickname. Okay, Ernest Thompson. I corrected myself. Mia, will you please come and play? Here's just recently I had some good friends who um, uh, they wanted to bless me. And so um, you, you ever seen those shows like, um, what do they call it? Uh, Fixer Upper. And, you know, the things happen. At least the way they show us on TV is like they ain't never seen the house. And, you know, I guess if I had never seen the house, I would probably respond like them. But I know I'm going to sneak me a peek. I'm going to get on there and see what's happening. But so I had some friends that said, hey, uh, you know, we want to redo your office. And, um, and I was like, oh, okay, praise God, you know, do a little interior decorating. And, uh, but they were like, when we do it, you know, let us stay with you for a couple of days and we're going to close the door. And whenever we're there, you, you, you can't come by. You cannot, you can't, don't ask us where we've been. You know, you can't watch us bring anything in and out of the house. And the door was closed. I never looked. And boy, it was tough. It was tough. And I hear stuff banging in there. And I see big bags of trash. You know, and uh, finally, you know, uh, the reveal is getting ready to happen. I didn't know what was taking place, but I knew beyond that door, something, my office was going through a transformation. I'm going to help somebody right now. You might not be able to see it. <laughs> the left hand of God transforming you working on your behalf and so I remember opening up and the kids were there and Sarah and they were all ready and they were like it's, it's, it's go time and it's a good thing it wasn't the whole house because I would have been that person that was like ah! I was I was like I cannot believe this is my office I walked in and I was like I do not recognize what's happening that's because behind the scenes, they were working. You know what? We're on supernatural soil. I'm going to help somebody right now. This is the Holy Ghost. This is the Holy Ghost because the Lord told me years ago, we're on supernatural soil. God have mercy. And this is how he's making the connection. Remember when the Lord was walking to Bethany and he's with the disciples? He looks at the fig tree and he curses the fig tree. And the Bible says the disciples heard it. That inanimate object did not hear it. Now, what are they walking on? Okay? They are walking on soil. Supernatural soil. And when, they, when the Lord spoke, they went on about their business. Come back from Bethany. Peter, 
opens up his mouth and is like, oh, snap. Lord, the tree is dead and gone. What happened between day one and day two? Behind the scenes, God is working. Beneath the soil. The disciples didn't even realize they were on supernatural soil. Are you hearing me, fam? Didn't even realize they were on supernatural soil. But when the Lord spoke, I'm telling you right now, we are on soil that is, un that is so ripe for an unprecedented harvest, it will shake everything that can be shaken in this nation. All we have to do is continue to trust and watch God move. Now, here's the thing. I want us all to stand. I got to hurry up. I got so much I wanted to tell you about. I don't have time. Look at this. Job 42. So here's the deal. If you go and start in Job chapter 1, you'll be like, it's over. If you stop at 2, 5, 8, 10, you'll be like, what's going on? But what you got to do, go to the end of the book. And you look at Job 42. I'm going to, team, I didn't give you this. My apologies. The Lord gave this to me at the last, uh, you know, minute I caught this. Job 42 out of the New Living Translation. I want you to just hear a little bit of this. Then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do anything and no one can stop you. You asked, who is this that questions my wisdom with such ignorance? It is I and, and I was talking about things I knew nothing about. God have mercy. Things far too wonderful for me. You said, listen, and I will speak. I have some questions for you, and you must answer them. I had only heard about you before, but now I have seen you with my own eyes. I take back everything I said, and I sit in dust and ashes to show my repentance. <laughs> now watch this in verse 16. I'm fast forwarding. <laughs> so the Lord blessed Job in the second half of his life even more than in the beginning. For now he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 teams of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys. He also gave Job seven more sons and three more daughters. Woof, Jesus. And watch this in verse 16. Job lived 140 years after that. Living to see four generations of his children and grandchildren. Then he died an old man who lived a long, full life. I'm telling you that when you come through this, you shall be as gold. If you'll wait and let him bring you through. If you'll wait and let God work behind the scenes. If you'll wait and not get in a hurry. If you'll wait and trust God and say, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Can I tell you what you're going through is setting you up double for your trouble. Praise God. Setting you up right now. Do you realize that my man Job... Four generations when the enemy pronounced a lie over his life and said, if you let me touch him. And now, 140 more years. 
four generations to look at his great, great grandchildren and say, you know what? God is a keeper, baby. God is faithful. God will see you through. Trust him. Lean on him. Wait on him. Who I feel that in the Holy Ghost to tell somebody, wait on him. You know what people, you know what, you know what waiters do when, at, at, at restaurants? When they're waiting, they serve. You want to know what to do? You simply serve. While you wait on the Lord, you just serve. Praise God. Oh, I feel that in the Holy Ghost. Come on, we're going to wrap this up. Bless you all that are watching on live. Come back. You know what? Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.